If you're tired of these promos, supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv for the links to sign up. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of September 20, 2020. The podcast that never wants for more. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's consecrate the news of the bogus. Back in the 1970s, an entire administration, almost an entire political party, was taken down mainly because of 18 and a half minutes of wiped audio tape. How much worse is it nowadays to wipe dozens of phones relevant to one of the biggest investigations ever? At the latest count I've been able to find, Robert Mueller's special counsel during its bogus Russia collusion investigation wiped or destroyed over 30 cell phones relevant to the investigation just before the Justice Department's Office of the Inspector General requested the devices as part of its own investigation. All accidentally, of course. Oops. Just one of those things. It's unknown how much relevant information may have existed on the phones, but it's already known that Peter Strzok, for example, was texting with Lisa Page about how they'll stop Trump, displaying not only bias, but elements suggestive of an intention to commit conspiracy. Page's phone was wiped when the OIG received it. The fact is, it's a crime to destroy evidence, and it's ridiculous to think that all of these cell phones were wiped accidentally, particularly if you look into the excuses given. The relevant portion begins on page 49 of the PDF file released by the Justice Department in response to a FOIA request from Judicial Watch. Several entries say something to the effect of, the phone was wiped because the wrong passcode was entered too many times. Draw your own conclusions from that. In fact, one of these was the phone of Andrew Weissman, FBI General Counsel, who was said to be the architect of the case against former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. Before Mueller, he was the head of the DOJ's criminal fraud unit. His entry says, Entered password too many times and wiped his phone. Implying it was Weissman himself who wiped it, someone who absolutely should have known better. Many others of the mostly redacted names are phrased in a similar manner, implying that the phone's owner had been the one who wiped it. The entry of one person whose name was redacted said, Phone was in airplane mode, no passcode provided, data unable to be recovered, so had to be wiped. Really? It had to be wiped? As in, you had no choice? You couldn't go to the manufacturer or forensics expert to get the data off? You had to wipe it? Another one was similar. Her phone had to be wiped to be reset because the passcode provided was inaccurate and the phone was left in airplane mode. The most ridiculous claim is the one claiming that the phone of James Quarles just wiped itself with no human intervention. Even if you did take their claim that it was all accidental at face value, it speaks to such incredible incompetence that realistically it would make them civilly liable for damages, including the $32 million they pilfered from taxpayers during the course of the investigation. And this isn't just about investigations into Trump. It's about Manafort. It's about Cohen. It's about Flynn. It's about Roger Stone. If nothing else, the optics of it just isn't that great. But there are open meeting rules. There are public records rules. There are all sorts of rules and laws that say you can't go around wiping official information even if it's not part of an investigation. As important as this investigation was, and as long as it went on for, and as much as it cost, this is inexcusable. 
If you're looking for ways to support this channel, but you don't have any spare cash and you can't stand advertisements, you can do so by generating your own cryptocurrency. Use the links at the bottom of the description to listen to the podcast and all of my videos on BitTube.tv or LBRY.tv to get cryptocurrency for the creator and yourself. Or if you listen to the podcast at the podcast page, you'll also generate crypto. You can also go to airtime.bogosity.tv to get the airtime extension and generate crypto for yourself and the creators on the web anywhere you go, including my YouTube channel. Get five tubes free just for installing the extension and signing up, and then simply browse the web as normal. Easily monetize your favorite creators and yourself with cryptocurrency without advertising on BidTube.tv or LBRY.tv or with the Airtime extension at Airtime.Pagosity.tv. Here's a $625,000 waste of our money by the IRS. Really, nothing is going to be achieved by this other than lining the pockets of whatever crony company they're giving it to. They're paying a contractor to try and crack the privacy coin Monero. The reason they're so interested is that Monero and its forks such as BitTube cannot be traced like most cryptocurrencies can. As we've discussed, Bitcoin transactions are completely public. Anyone can trace a coin from its creation to the wallet it's currently in and every address it's been through along the way. Whether or not it can tie those addresses to a person or company is a different matter, but it's easier than you might think. Unlike Bitcoin, when you give someone your Monero address, they can't see whether or not anyone else has sent money to that address. If someone sends money to your address twice, no one else can tell that those payments were even sent to the same person. And with the more recent advent of Ring CT signatures a couple of years ago, they're also unable to see the value of those transactions. Like Bitcoin, your wallet has to scan the blockchain to see if there were any funds sent to you. Unlike Bitcoin, only you can see if those funds were sent to you. Even if someone knows you were sent funds, there's no way they can tell when or even if you ever spent those funds. Unlike Bitcoin, where a single transaction is signed by the wallet owner, Monero uses ring signatures where transactions are combined together and one member of the ring signs it. There's no way for anyone to tell who the members of the ring are or which one of them signed it. Once funds are received, other Monero users will pretend to be sending those funds to others using fake transactions called mix-ins. Included will be the legitimate funds, but while only one of them is valid, there's no way for anyone to tell which one is valid originating from the wallet properly. By the same token, they can't tell when you spend the funds, because for all they know, that might have been someone else pretending to spend your funds. So the IRS doesn't like that, because they want to be able to look at every single thing you do in your private life. So they've tasked the contractor with three goals. 1. Trace transaction inputs and outputs and differentiate the legitimate ones from the mix-ins. 2. Given specific parties and or transactions, predict the statistical likelihood of other transaction imports. And 3. Provide algorithms and source code to allow the IRS's Criminal Investigation Unit to implement these exploits. The internet is already having fun with this. One user tweeted, This is so funny. How desperate IRS so wants their cut of your darknet drug money. It must really irk them to think of all that moolah they could steal if only you didn't secure your funds through encryption. Another tweeted, 
The odds are better to land a craft on our sun's surface. It must be a prerequisite to be somewhat mentally retarded to work for the IRS. And, of course, there's the fact that almost all criminal activity is committed using U.S. dollars. Another tweet read, No need for the IRS to try and figure out the criminal activity that is using USD cash currency in their crimes, probably one billion times that of Monero. In fact, some are really wondering about why the contractor would settle for such a low amount for a coin with a market cap of over $1.6 billion. One of them tweeted, If you can crack Monero, why the hell would you settle for a 625k, LMAO? Although, one wrinkle, they'll also give them the money if they can crack the security on the Lightning Network. That one just might prove to be a bit easier. This is very likely to backfire on them. If it turns out that they're not able to decode Monero transactions even after spending this amount of money, it'll just be a verification of Monero's security and privacy. Either way, it'll be interesting to see what happens. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home. And don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. Really, the IRS would do very well to keep an eye on its own backyard, given the criminals vastly prefer cash over cryptocurrency for money laundering. That's the conclusion of a report from SWIFT, the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Politicians and news pundits have done a great job convincing the lay public that cryptocurrencies are some sort of haven for criminals and money launderers. But in the real world, criminals would rather use mules, front companies, and good old-fashioned cash. They even have ways of duping innocent people into becoming unwitting accomplices by using the money to pay them for jobs that bring them additional money in other ways. They also have a technique they use called layering, which is like the mixing of cryptocurrency writ large. In fact, according to the UN's Office on Drugs and Crime, around $800 billion to $2 trillion, between 2 and 5% of the global GDP, is laundered each year using cash. Crypto isn't even a blip. Swift's report reads, To date, there has not been significant material published on what happens to funds after they are stolen. This report focuses on that area, specifically the money laundering related activities necessary for cyber attackers to not only conduct and cash out a successful attack, but also avoid the money subsequently being traced. The report is actually a bit scary, showing not only the depths and involvement of money laundering, but also how dependable it is to implement it without getting caught. Reading this, one wonders why anyone would want to use crypto for such a purpose. The report found... Identified cases of money laundering through cryptocurrencies remain relatively small compared to the volumes of cash laundered through traditional methods. 
They mentioned one case where high-profile money launderers used ATMs to cash out crypto, and another case where authorities found 15,000 Bitcoin, as well as two sports cars and over half a million dollars worth of jewelry at the leader's house. Cryptocurrency was used to better facilitate international money transfers. Other than that, the techniques were pretty much the same as for cash. The issue being that, at some point, the crypto has to be converted into a valid asset. As soon as that happens, authorities can pick up the trail again. So launderers will use the same techniques, such as using the crypto to buy jewelry or some other high-priced good, the way they would when laundering cash. Cryptocurrency doesn't really provide any benefits to money launderers that it doesn't with everyone else. Fast, reliable, secure, permissionless, censorship-free monetary transactions. There doesn't seem to be any specific advantage to using cryptocurrency that A. isn't already there with cash, especially as the economy becomes more global, or B. isn't also a benefit to legitimate users. In fact, laundering through traditional banks may be a lot easier due to cybersecurity concerns. Quote, Some cybersecurity experts believe some banks tend to focus on costly, complex, perimeter and device endpoint solutions rather than focusing on investing in data-centric security around main business assets and detecting abuse and intrusion by looking at the data and application layer. Financial institutions will continue to be vulnerable if they fail to identify and remediate network and application vulnerabilities before criminals have a chance to exploit them. Similarly, regular and updated staff awareness courses that help employees understand and spot risks related to spear phishing are simple initiatives that could pay dividends. The report basically concluded that money laundering is here to stay, crypto or no, even as the costs of trying to prevent it fall disproportionately on the shoulders of the innocent. They recommend, instead of trying to spy on each and every transaction, focusing instead on muling and front companies. They'll need to be aware of cryptocurrencies, but there was no recommendation anywhere in the report that regulating or curtailing them will do any good whatsoever. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to sort and store this week's biggest bogan emitter. Donald Trump again, his 17th time getting biggest bogan emitter or idiot extraordinaire. This time it's for another disingenuous and probably boneheaded move regarding prescription drugs. He signed an executive order that he claims will lower prescription drug prices. How? 
by putting America first. Yeah, whatever, Don Don. Basically, he's complaining that Americans pay more for drugs because other countries have effectively instituted price caps. We've covered this before. It doesn't really save the money overall because it just means they pay less for the brand name drugs, especially designer drugs, but they can pay five times or more for generics. It reads like a screed from a hyper-lefty, with a bit of nationalism thrown in for good measure. At any rate, experts have said it's unlikely to have any real effect. The basic idea is that Medicare Parts B and D will not be paying more for prescription drugs than the price in the most favored nations. But that money's got to come from somewhere. So while government is paying less, guess who's going to pay more? Fundamentally, this is an anti-price gouging move, but we've covered extensively the problem with those. It results in increased demand, but decreased supply. In other words, shortages. So either the limits will be put so high it doesn't make a difference anyway, or it'll make the problem worse, leaving many patients have to do without. When the drug companies condemned Trump's bogus moves, Trump responded that he must be doing something right if the drug companies are complaining. According to Stephen Ubel, president and CEO of Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America, quote, The focus of any reforms must be on lowering costs for patients, ensuring patients' access to medicines, addressing the misaligned incentives in the pharmaceutical supply chain, and protecting the critical work being done to end COVID-19. Unfortunately, instead of pursuing these reforms, the White House has doubled down on a reckless attack on the very companies working around the clock to beat COVID-19. He called the executive order, quote, an irresponsible and unworkable policy that will give foreign governments a say in how America provides access to treatments and cures for seniors and people struggling with devastating diseases. If he's trying to drum up support, well, I hate to use the word backfire twice in one podcast, but that's exactly what it could do. People, especially older people whom Trump needs in order to get reelected, who are fed up with the ignorant medical policies of the left, might find themselves disappointed if they look to Trump for an alternative. Trump's lead over Biden isn't that big where he can afford to lose that voting block. So all of that makes Donald Trump this week's biggest bogey emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one -on -one customer service. Go to Firmoo, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmoo dot Bogosity dot TV. And now let's parenthesize this week's Idiot Extraordinary! We've covered
covered some horrible things that Customs and Border Protection have done, basically destroying the Constitution and seizing all sorts of crazy things, even illegal things such as forcing people to unlock their phones without a warrant so they can rifle through everything. Now taking their third idiot extraordinaire, it's something that's both horrible and completely moronic. They bragged on Twitter that they seized 2,000 counterfeit Apple AirPods from Hong Kong, which they say would have been worth $398,000 if they had been genuine. This isn't the first time they've basically been taxpayer-paid thugs for Apple. In the past, they've seized repair parts for iPhones and other Apple devices that weren't licensed by Apple, which is something the right-to-repair movement has been pushing against. Now they're saving the world from devices that look like AirPods. And in a press release, they praised, quote, the vigilance and commitment to mission success by our CBP officers daily. And those officers are, of course, quote, protecting the American public from various dangers on a daily basis. Yeah, thanks for spending our tax money on this bust. Funny thing about these supposedly counterfeit Apple AirPods, the boxes they show in both their tweets and their press release don't have the word Apple, or have the word Air, or have the word Pods. In fact, it specifically says OnePlus Buds. They seized perfectly legitimate products from OnePlus. I mean, the IP argument is stupid to begin with, but these aren't even pretending to be Apple products. They're competing products that just resemble them. CBP proudly tweeted, That's not an Apple. As if they had just announced their oh-so-clever conclusions that anyone else could have figured out just by looking at the box! And that even makes their math way off. The MSRP of 2,000 OnePlus Buds is $158,000, not $398,000. OnePlus USA took advantage of this, tweeting a reply to CBP saying, Hey, give those back! They also followed it up with a tweet saying, Seize the day, seize the music. After their bewildering blunder was pointed out to them, instead of a mea culpa, they doubled down, saying that they violate a configuration trademark. Quote, a CBP import specialist determined that the subject earbuds appeared to violate Apple's configuration trademark. Apple has configuration trademarks on their brand of earbuds and has recorded those trademarks with CBP. What, does Apple own the white things in your ears trademark or something? Uh, maybe. Remember that they sued Samsung for making a curvy phone. They also said, quote, A company does not have to put an Apple wordmark or design on their products to violate these trademarks. Well, one big question is, if there's such an obvious violation, why hasn't Apple taken action against them before now? So this would heavily suggest that CBP are secretly operating on behalf of Apple here, something the right-to-repair people have hitherto merely suspected, on something Apple apparently knows they can't get away with in a court of law. So all of that makes the U.S. Customs and Border Protection this week's Idiot well, that wraps up this The Best Things in Life, They Sure Ain't Free edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. 
Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from Frank Chodorov. There cannot be a good tax nor a just one. Every tax rests its case on compulsion. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial and Derivatives 4.0 International License. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins.